Enduring generations of pain and suffering, their veins run brownish-green like the waters of the Cuyahoga, in a constant search for a new team to root for, but something keeps drawing them back. This is Cleveland. Don't mess it up. And we're live from the beautiful Teal Panda Studios here on this amazing Tuesday morning, August 18th, 2020. Um, we are Cleveland. Don't mess it up. I am your host, Brent, and I'm here with my co-host, Tim, who is also my father. <laughs> you admitted that? Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> So we Welcome are everybody here to talk to you about all things good, bad, and ugly. Uh, Cleveland sports, mostly bad, mostly ugly. Um, Why be so negative? <laughs> because I'm a Cleveland fan. <laughs> so yeah, let's dive right in here. Um, past week in Cleveland Indians baseball. Um, start with some offensive struggles. The, outfield the bad and the ugly. That would be outfield for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, lots of struggles in the outfield offensively for the Indians. Um, going into the weekend where we luckily get to play the Detroit Tigers, who we own, the uh, uh, the outfield struggles have been duly noted in the news, in any sports news in Cleveland. Um, there's only been uh, a handful of bright spots uh, for the Indians, but when you look at what Bradley Zimmer and uh, Mercado and Nyquin have done uh, really not productive uh, at the bottom of that order. And um, uh, Jordan Lublo, you can throw him in there. Um, Santana, you can throw him in there. Uh, little small amounts of production here and there, but really overall uh, just disappointing for the outfield. Uh, our infield has been carrying us. Everyone knows the struggles that Lindor has had, um, although this weekend he did turn that around a little bit. Let's hope that's a good sign uh, for Just him getting up. started. Yeah. Um, but except for uh, uh, Delano DeShields, surprisingly enough. The pleasant uh, surprise of the last <laughs> couple weeks. Hitting 333 with on base of 455. Coming who, back from COVID-19. Who knew? Who knew? Like the Undertaker. Who knew that Delano DeShields would be the bright spot of the Corey Kluber trade? Well, I can certainly say that I had no clue. So uh it seemed to be a seemed to be a no win trade there. <laughs> it definitely seemed to be a no win trade. Um we know why we did it. Uh, we're moving some money. Uh you know, we obviously want to make Lindor an offer that he can't refuse, even though he may refuse it anyway. We got a young fireballer in return who <laughs> who's still not playing. <laughs> but decided to uh dabble in the in the PED arts. But the shield is picking up and hopefully uh, becoming a bright spot for that trade. At least for the time being. Yep. Um, I personally don't see it holding up, but definitely keeping us afloat as far so, as the outfield goes. So he is one of our pleasant surprises as well as uh, Mr. Reyes. Absolutely. So Mr. Reyes in the last 10 games has been burning it up, three for four this weekend on, on Sunday. Um, continues his hot streak, and let's hope he can continue to do that. Seems like he has loosened up at the plate beginning of the season. Uh, really struggled at the plate, looked uncomfortable uh, like most of our team. Um, 
but recently seems to uh, have the smile back on his face and uh, was really playing loose. Of course, he took that shot to the hand uh, on Sunday. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, we'll see how that day goes. day to day for now. Um, we'll see if he plays later today. Yeah, we really want to. We, we hope the best for him. We need him in the middle of that lineup producing like he is um, following Jose. Obviously, Jose has been our big bright spot um, throughout. Again, putting up all-star numbers, uh, again, even in the short season. So, And he seems very loose and healthy, uh, running well on the bases, uh, doing a lot. So uh, let's hope he continues uh, throughout the season with that. And if Frankie comes around like he has uh, here in the – first the, the last few games here uh we really could be uh with the pitching staff we have let's face it we could be tough uh, tough out in the playoffs yeah yeah i think so um a lot of young guys hopefully starting to come around offensively um Tyler Naquin coming back maybe helps not sure we'll see how, how he hits much. see how he hits um so far not hitting too bad um Reyes obviously 316 clip um 15 RBIs definitely helps out um Jose Ramirez obviously comfortable you know there's no no threat of him moving around like there were in years past positionally um yeah and 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 and, and Hernandez at the top of that order Another really doing surprise. well. Yeah, like getting getting on in a base. Year yep, now. getting on base. He's we only he's only a rental for us, but really uh, producing because uh, let's face it, he is playing for a contract, like you said. Yep. So um, uh, I would expect him to continue to play hard. Um, he's setting up his future this year, so uh, it's probably it's a good time for us to have him. Um, he's probably going to have a career year, I hope, for us. And uh, if he continues to get on base at the top, and Frankie turns around, you're going to see a lot of runs produced at the top of our order. And really. If you look at the numbers, our top four on-base guys, you're looking at Santana, who leads the free world in on-base at 415, Jose 371, Fran Mill 366, and, and Hernandez at the top of the order at 362. That's, yeah, which is really – It doesn't though, get much better than that. That's, yeah. I mean, that's the top of our order right there. Yeah, with our limited run production, that's why. It was our on-base percentage. Yeah. The guys are getting on base. That's why we're producing a few runs here and there. We're not really getting a lot of hits, but we are we're scoring enough to win. So, cause because Cleveland fans, I know it seems dismal our offensive woes, but the reality is we're thirteen and nine, and we have the fifth, fifth best record in the East. Yep. Um, so, and that's with the best pitching staff in the league uh, at this yeah, point. Yeah, and there's really no denying that. That's Cleveland is the best pitching staff in the MLB right now. And the reality of that is that we have to get those guys continue to pitching well, and if we get our guys hot at the plate then suddenly uh, we are really, really a threat going into the short season playoffs here. Um, but again, we need, the, we need the Fran Mills, we need the Jose's, we need the Lindor's, and then we need a few other guys that really step up and start producing here. Yeah, we definitely need to have more production um, off the bench. I mean, but, unlike, but unlike my son, Cleveland fans, let's focus on the good. We're 13-9. and nine. We're fifth place. In the American League, not fifth best record in the American League. I'm not negative. I'm a realist. Fifth best record (laughs) in the American League, even with our poor hitting, we're the fifth best record in the American League. Just remember that when we get hot at the plate. That uh, that pitching staff, uh, obviously led by Shane Bieber, who 
I, I wouldn't say stud. wouldn't say pleasant surprise because we we kind of knew we He's saw it last year, uh, the All Star Game MVP, and um, sitting at a one thirty ERA. I believe that's third in the majors right now. Yeah, it's early, but yeah, I think I think you know he's consistent. So I think that that yeah, ERA will hold up as one of the top ERAs. Third in the major leagues right now in, in ERA, um, leading the entire world in strikeouts with fifty four. Um, yeah, and that's, undefeated. I mean, yeah, he's he's, he's going on and on. He's tough, and 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 you know what the the thing about Bieber is, uh, you know, his work ethic is leading the other guys on our team too. You know, Cookie coming back mm-hmm. uh, from almost a year off pitching with uh, with cancer and uh, pitching he the way phenomenal. he's pitching, he looks great. Yeah, yeah he, he looks, just looks he great. Um, Pleasant Chevalier has pitched well. Plutko uh, spot starts Plutko. here has pitched pretty well, Plutko getting us through. Blue right now. Yeah, he's really his pitched starts, well. His spot starts do wonders for us. And their win win loss records maybe not uh, maybe not the best because our run production hasn't really been there for those guys. Uh, but but that's yeah. that's another thing that can be said about Bieber. I mean, the guys get up and play for him. They you do. Know, they they put up runs when he's on the mound. They do. I mean, he's it's clearly become a leader. Can be said for that. Yeah, and and you know. That takes us into uh, Clevenger and the Police Act issue, uh, which is kind of sad because both of them were pitching, especially Police Act pitching over his head. The Chronicles I mean, really, of Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. So so everyone knows, uh, you know, in Chicago, they decided to uh, get out of the hotel room and go out for the night. Um, regardless, of what you, regardless of what you think uh, uh, about the coronavirus issue, the fact is it exists um, hundreds of you know, 170,000 deaths so far in the, in the country. So um, on Cleveland's team, especially, you know, we have Cookie, who is susceptible, coming back from cancer. Uh, Francona with some issues, other coaches um, with issues. Uh, and, you know, from the beginning, I think the team set out to protect uh, their own, uh, to say, hey, we're going to protect each other. Um, if you watch the games, I mean, Cleveland, every guy has a mask on. It's It's been one of those things. And uh, I th- I've been very proud to say that not every other team in the, in Major League Baseball has done that. And some have paid the price and are, are going to continue to pay the price uh, with games lost and uh, double headers having to be played at the end of the season because they have guys who can't figure this out. So the fact that we had two guys skip out, knowing the team rules and knowing the understanding well, only, of the guys they could put at risk. It's yeah. it's just a horrible thing. Not only skip that. out, but one of them lied. Clevenger, Clevenger chose to not let anybody know as he is defending Plesak to the team. Yeah, so both players have been sent down to the tax squad um, for now. I don't know for what now. the team's going to do with them, but many of the uh, players for the Indians have voiced their opinions uh, and not um, not happily uh, with those two guys, yeah, it just uh, came out. Um, Perez um, talking about how you know he he was getting ready to walk off the team if they weren't dealt with. I mean, so that's, that's a leader in your bullpen. That's, yeah. a, that's a leader in your pitching staff. I don't care who you are. And you have to get that faith back in your team. The fact is, if you don't have that faith in your team, uh, you can't you 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 can't be on that bullet. You don't want any cancers in the locker room. You don't want guys you don't believe in. Uh, you don't want guys who you don't feel like they have your back. And in this case, I think both those guys are in that boat right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And coming up uh, this week, we like we said earlier, we've got Detroit, we've got Pittsburgh. Um, 
obviously the the big are we headline. 30 are we 30 and 0 against detroit or 20 20, 20 and 0, 20 right 0 against detroit headline. detroit is my favorite indians team right now it's yep. fav- i wish we could play detroit every day absolutely um hopefully we can keep that up get a little bit of confidence rolling into next week yeah, and in the uh, preseason brings us minnesota yeah, and in the preseason, we handled the, the Pirates, too. Uh, and, and really, they're one yeah. of the poor teams in the league just and, by their record. Yeah, they, they have a, a, a few young players that potentially, you know, could be superstars in the future. Yeah. And we need to get that confidence rolling offensively. And I think those are two good teams, let's face it, to get healthy against. And yeah. uh, if we yeah. can't do it offensively. And get a few guys at bats that yeah. need it. I mean, if we can't get it healthy against these two teams offensively, then uh, – could be in trouble going into the final half of the season. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like, I mean, we could keep uh, Fran Mill rolling, get Frankie off the snide here. Hopefully he continues with his little rally he's on. Um, Jose has been just crushing the ball all over the field. Um, Delino De Shields, obviously, maybe can lay down a few more bunts. We'll see. <laughs> well, as long as he's getting on base and scoring runs, we don't care what he does. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. Um, that being said, we are looking at a trade deadline, August 31st, coming up in about, what is that, uh, almost two weeks? Yeah, so, you know, I don't know that there's many trades out there for the Indians. Obviously, we're trying to protect um, salary. Uh because they do obviously they want to make Frankie an offer. Uh, we have some other big contracts coming off the books at the end of the season. I doubt we'll we'll resign. Um, we have some young players that could fill those roles coming up. Um, and you know, if you really want to keep Frank on your squad, you have to probably move a little more uh, contract space. Um, which, but, which in reality, how much more could we move? I mean, yeah. Santana is the only major contract we have on the books yeah, right he'll, now. and he'll come off the books too and as well Carrasco so, maybe yeah but he's not going anywhere no nope. and he just he Carrasco just resigned so yeah. and i think they made a commitment to him he didn't take a ton of money up so i think they made a commitment to him for the long haul uh but i th- i really believe the 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 one true piece that we could trade he's been in trade talks before is probably clevender i mean considering where we're at right where the, where they're at right now with him um with the trust factor with the team um, with his ability as a starting pitcher, let's face it, he's a good starting pitcher, uh, high-quality starting pitcher, top end of your rotation. Um, the reality is he has trade value, and we may be in the market to trade him at this point um, because of what's going there's, on. There's a lot of interest in starting pitching. Um, you know, even you, you think about teams like Boston who probably won't make the playoffs this year, you know, having a uh, an obvious down year. They still want to find solid uh, a solid rotational piece you know he he goes in there and he's automatically there probably number two behind chris sale sure i would imagine and with the uh you know with his trade value being so high and really uh, not a big contract and uh you know a year or so two left on Mm -hmm. that contract um he's a he's a piece that could be dealt for sure Uh, like i said i think that would have happened regardless of the situation uh with the with the Chicago incident, but um, now, especially, uh, he, he's probably going to be discussed, uh, I think, with multiple teams. Um, and uh, I think 
Other than other than Clevenger, though, I don't believe it's going to be a very active trade season for no, the I Indians. Think, I, I think aside from maybe a handful of prospects, I think Clevenger's probably the only major league ready um, player with any trade value at this point. I agree. Um, I but agree. that being said, not only are we looking at teams with uh, uh, that are trying to blow it up and look for the future, but we're we're talking about teams like the Yankees who need a rotational piece. I mean, they uh, obviously Tanaka with his injury issues. Um, other than that, I mean, they they have James Paxton, who hasn't been what everyone thought he was going to be or what he has been in, in, in years past. I would say this. If we are uh, going to make a trade, uh, it'll be for an outfield piece with a bat. Yeah. yeah and I think, <laughs> that I can tell you. Well, talking about the Yankees I think Clint Frazier you know obviously we dealt him for um, a big piece of our World Series run um, but I think if you're if, the match is there I mean Clevenger to the Yankees for a outfield bat um, they also have uh, Miguel Andujar who has been not as productive um, as he was last year, and defensively, he's basically a liability. I mean, those are two guys that are a liability defensively. But again, uh, we have <laughs> spots open for guys. Our pitching staff does a good enough job to um, almost allow for defensive mistakes. Yep. You know. Yeah, and we keep. And as long as they're hitting, that makes up for any defensive mistake that they could possibly make. Absolutely. Let's be real. The run support. The uh, when we go up by more than four runs, we're what nine and zero. I mean, that's that's right. That's an impressive number, you know. Yeah, and if you look at what we have coming up um, in our prospects, um, you know, trade right now uh, would be very in line with future. Let's face it; it's building around um, Jose Ramirez, building around Francisco right. Lindor. If you can keep him, to, get him to stay, and Plan B, what happens if Francisco Lindor leaves and we actually have to find someone else, right? What do we, what do, we do there? Um, so, I, I, like I said, our you know, with Nolan Jones and the Mike Freeman or the Tyler Freeman, those guys down in the minors, um, you know, we have some pretty interesting prospects coming up. I think we have an underrated uh, – Bats. I think we have some underrated bats in the uh, in our minor league system. Um, we know the pitching we have in our minor league system. Uh, the potential for those guys to come up, uh, which again would would lead me to believe that Clevenger could be discussed. Obviously, right yeah, now, which includes uh, uh, um, Jeffrey Rodriguez, who Rodriguez who got McKenzie. some really solid innings yeah. last year. That's right. Um, before he got hurt. Yeah, and a few you know, young, night twenty twenty one year old, you know upper 90 hundred mile an hour guys yeah. as well yeah. that we're seeing how they're going to yeah, still be a couple years off, but, um, but especially when you're talking about a, uh, Clevenger trade, you're looking at potentially adding to those already established top 10 prospects. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, speaking of Nolan Jones, uh, you mentioned him a minute ago. Um, kind of kind of confuses me that he's still playing third base every day um, considering we have Jose locked up um, that kind of leads me to believe that 
maybe the front office sees trade value in him or uh, I don't know, maybe maybe they think Jose could potentially move back to second base. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, let's face it, during this offseason, that was a big topic of discussion, right? Where was Jose going to play and who were you going after? Well, you went out and got Hernandez to play second base. <laughs> Obviously, the reason you did that was to keep Jose at third because evidently the conversations with Jose – he was comfortable at third. He wanted to stay at third. Um, so he's that's where he's going to be. So if that's where he's going to be, and you have a guy in the minor leagues who's who's almost ready to be up with your big league club uh, who could potentially be a star, um, at some point, you know, what do you do? Do you move him to right field? Is he a first baseman? You know, yeah. replace Santana yeah, when his be, contract's up? Those kind of things. Outfielder. That's the big question right now. Sure, um, sure. Because we know, I mean – from what we hear, he's a bat. Uh, he is a definite major league ready bat. Yeah, and to continue to keep him at third base behind Jose, either you have a plan or you don't have a plan. So let's hope they have a plan. Yeah, I, I, to me personally, it doesn't look like there's much of a plan involved. Um, I think they're trying to play the wait and see game. Obviously, with Lindor, with you know, uh, is Jose going to make the move back? Are we going to move Clevenger for other pieces or? You know, um, but I mean, I, I, I don't think I could play the wait and see game. I really don't. No, not with I think, that. <laughs> I think, in a, in a, especially in a shortened season, um, whatever you think will help the team, uh, whether it's a bat or whether it's uh, whatever, whatever move you need to make, I think needs to be made soon. I really do. Yeah, I think they have some. Like I said, there's some pieces there. I don't think it's going to be an active trade year for us. Obviously, uh, maybe a Clevenger deal. Uh, but other than that, I think it's more just keep developing those guys and get them game ready for next year. I mean, we, 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 I think we have a good core group. And I think at some point you have to prove to, you know, if you want Frankie to stay, um, you got to prove to him that you can win. So, and I think these young guys, it's all going to depend on how these young guys play as they come up. And obviously, I mean, we know our front office has to be cheap, smaller market team. Um, we're not going to shell out the $400 million contract. Um, but the younger we get, the under, younger we continue to get, the more money that we save. So I don't know if it's a, a service time issue. Maybe they don't want Nolan Jones up too soon. I don't know what it could possibly be. But um, Well, right now I know what it is because he's playing third base and you're not moving Jose. So there's no room for I, him to come up. I see no reason why he shouldn't be getting reps in left field. I really don't. And he... Seems to be an athlete. Could be wrong, but we have we have guys like Domingo Santana and Fran Mo Reyes playing corner outfield. Well, I just think it'd be a shame. I mean, because we've, we've had some guys, let's face it, we've had some guys in the minors over the years, the Bobby Bradleys and these guys who have produced they in get the stuck. minor leagues. Yeah, they get um, stuck. And they're older players now in the minors, and, and there's no room for them in the big league club. Uh, we've traded away a few players who've gone on to do very well mm. on other teams. So I, I, you know, I don't want to see Nolan Jones and some of these young kids get into that same boat where there's no room and we're not trading and we're right. you know we're sitting just idle just watching them and then they go on and play well for other teams. I'd rather see them play well for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and guys like uh, I mean, even you look at guys like Tristan McKenzie. Um, from everything we hear, he is ready, if not right around the corner. Uh, coming off an injury, obviously last year, but I think it'd be a very difficult thing for him to be ready because he's a very uh, cute baby. <laughs> Saying hello, coming to join the podcast, ready to talk Cleveland sports. 
the fourth generation <laughs> of Cleveland fandom. Hopefully he has a better time than we did. Well, I can't guarantee that, unfortunately. So speaking of Cleveland Browns fans, let's move on to Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Do we have to? So I'm going to give you my 50-year perspective of the Cleveland Browns. So I am the generation of a Cleveland Browns fan that's 50 years old who have had the longest streak of never seeing a Cleveland Browns championship. So I blame my father completely. He got to see that. He was able to be there. He was able to do those things and see those championships. I, however, have been tortured and never got to see that. My sons can claim the same thing, but the reality is they do not have the long length of time that I've had to deal with this. They have been had half the time that I've had to deal with this. Half the time, and, and we've seen a NBA championship and <laughs> yes. a World Series appearance. Yes. Um, so... So the Browns for me, it's a brutal, brutal subject. Um, everything out of Browns training camp is Odell looks great and uh, everybody <laughs> looks great. Well, I hope they would look great in preseason. That's uh, yeah, kind of what you're supposed to do in preseason. To, so I'm not that excited about how great they look in the preseason. I think the uh, the big takeaway is that as negative as our beat writers are, everybody seems to get excited and up for training camp. Which is silly. We should be destroying them during training camp so they try to get better. <laughs> so they actually so their heads so they can aren't so confidence. big like last season going in. We are going to win a we're, we're going to win a, a Super Bowl and suddenly we can't even win a game. So the reality of it is that we need to play better. So so far this off season, um, we signed uh, our superstar defensive end who is a pass rush specialist to say the least and we signed him to big dollars and now he's hurt so that's what i'm taking from preseason so far yeah it seems to be um, not everybody has put an emphasis on taking care of themselves this year uh pocketbook or no pocketbook i think uh you really need to look at uh staying healthy in order to do anything this year first and foremost um, <clears throat> excuse me. So listen, this show is on a wait and see for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think that's, so. But we can talk all day it's, about how great they look at training camp. Oh, we can easy. talk it's all day about their individual players and everything else. But yeah. the reality is that they really have to perform. This is this year. If they don't perform again, what are you going to do? Fire the entire coaching staff, trade all the players away. It's just that it's just yeah. a repetitive. Yeah, the turnover. The turnover gets ridiculous. I mean, at some point, you have to stick through something. Something. If these are your guys, if Stefanski is your guy, you know the one stick great. With them for listen, the one really good thing I think they did during the off season, besides the coaching staff, which I which I do think is, a, is an upgrade. I I, I think the. The one thing they did right this season was what they did not do. Let's face it. So all the rumors in Cleveland were they were going to go get Clowney. Okay. Mm -hmm. So basically, we already have a defensive end uh, who is a pass rush specialist. Uh, well, I think definitely we, tough to block in a pass rush. We have but, a handful, unfortunately. But be, but besides that, besides what he does in the pass rush, um, there's really not a lot of 
run stop, um, really understand the game, over pursues a little bit. There, there's a lot of stuff happening that he has to correct. And that's okay. Um, I think if if his job is to to pass rush, I mean that's. <laughs> but we we haven't had the run stopping ability. Over but agreed. Listen, every every years. game. But remember, every single game. There's a play. There's play multiple plays where you know the other team's going to throw the ball. They're going to drive back and throw the ball. You yeah. just know it's going to happen. So the reality of that is that on those plays, Miles Garrett is lights out. He's yeah. tough. Top three he's in tough. the league. I mean, but let's face it. The other 80% of the plays in the game, I don't know that he's that tough. So yeah, that's agree. that's where we're at defensively uh, with our best player. And if we would have signed another guy like that in a, in a, in a clowny, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's just the the same guy. So um, same we'd had less production, right? Even so, we had had another guy with 80 percent of the plays not really. Now, don't get stellar. me wrong. Don't get me wrong. On third down, third and long, there is nobody getting a pass off with those two on the edge. But <laughs> at the same time, first and ten, they're running the ball down our throat for the last five years. Absolutely, and as you can hear in the background. My grandson is screaming because the pain they feel hasn't even been through by the Cleveland Browns. So here we are. Let's end that conversation about the Browns and move on to the Cleveland Cavaliers. All right. Let's see what we got here. Um, obviously, draft lottery coming up uh, August 20th, uh, two days from now. Three days from now. Two days from now. Yeah, a couple of days from now. We got the draft lottery on the way. And you know, it, it's a tough it's a tough subject for the Cleveland Cavaliers because number one, we're not playing. All right, we, we're not in the bubble. Obviously, there's no second bubble uh, happening well, at this point. To be fair, the NBA and the Players Association are looking to try to find a way to make uh, mini bubbles. It doesn't help us because what we have is a handful of veteran players and a bunch of young guys who need playing guys. time, who yes. need experience yep. that they're not getting. Um, don't get me wrong. During the course of the regular season, I felt like after Drummond Love kind of figured out uh, how how the roles worked, I think we got better, uh, especially his last handful of games before coronavirus hit and ended the season. I said, I think I think we're starting to look a little better offensively, but we're not a stellar defensive team, and our young guys really really needed the playing time to start to kind of gel offensively. Uh, you know, for me going into the draft lottery. Our part of our struggle is we have a really good big man tandem in Drummond and Love, right? So we have two guys, two of the best rebounders in the league. Um, we have two guys who can score in post, yep. uh, who can command the ball a little bit, um, can make up for your missed shots offensively and really get after rebounds. Mm -hmm. So we have those guys. I mean, we have that kind of game. Our problem is we literally have no point guard on our roster who's a playmaker for other people. None. And we our have very, young, very limited ability to create our own shot. Our young point. guys are shoot first. Yeah. They, they just are. Uh, Garland and Sexton are both kind of score first guys. I know they spent some time this season trying to turn Garland into a playmaking point guard, a guy who's making, setting up other people. Obviously, that did not work out because by the numbers, uh, it just player efficiency. Garland was one of the worst players in the league. So, right. um, do I think that, that will continue? To be fair, that did not show on the court because he he had a very good season for, uh, I, for what he is. 
Well, here's uh, the problem. Unfortunately for what he is not, he had a very bad season. <laughs> our, our, our problem was we did not allow him to be what he is. So right. Garland is a score first, hit the three-pointer, create shots kind of right. guy. He is. Um, he is Gar- Garland and Sexton are just – they aren't the prototypical distributing point guard. They're no, just neither. not. And I don't think they, they ever have been. I don't think they ever will be. And, and, and Garland's – a defensive liability this year, really. I mean, right. his size, uh, he's, he's well, not the strongest guy in the world, and he's not a good matchup, especially when you have another small guard mm-hmm. like Sexton on the court. Sexton is a pretty good defender uh, against right. point guards, but right. against bigger guards, he's not a very good defender. So when a guy can take him down low and, and do different things to him, um, and he's not a great screen and roll defender, uh, so we have two guys who are kind of a – liability out on the perimeter playing guard for us so uh that that creates another problem for us so going into this into this draft uh you know all the talk at the top of the draft is about cleveland taking um possibly wiseman or ob toppin or uh you know some guys like that um there's even some talk about lamella ball uh, um but here's my problem i don't believe except for uh, Hal Burton from Ohio State, who is uh, a, probably a, a true point guard, um, you know, a pass-first kind of point guard. I don't know, because of what he ran, the offense he ran in Iowa State, I don't know that he's a great pick-and-roll guy or anything like that. I don't I think that's yet to be seen. Uh, he's 6'5", he has good size, he has like a 7-foot wingspan, he's a, he's a good defender. Um, he led. He, I think, he had over two steals a game, something like that. So, uh, so it, at best, you know, with our top five lottery pick, whatever we wind up getting, um, we would be taking a guy who's probably a top fifteen pick. So we'd be we'd be moving down in value to take a guy, take a guy who could who fits, fit. who could help us, right? You know, a guy who could help us out, right? So. Uh, where we're an Obi Toppin, I got so we have all the other guys we could take, okay, except for Lamella Ball, who again would be a defensive liability, clearly defensive liability. I know he went to Australia, he played good offense, and he can pass. Um, he could be a good setup guy, but defensively, he is a he's a really going to be a liability in the yeah, NBA. I don't, for, I don't think we need, I don't think we need four guards on the team that no, are defensive liabilities definitely are, not it doesn't help anybody so i think going into the going into the draft the cleveland front office is going to have to be creative here right so the fact that you can't force garland to be a true point guard okay you need him to score to get buckets right sexton's the same kind of guy he needs to go out and just play his game and be fast and and score and, and, be and aggressive. as far as defensively i think that will come with experience. Um, they're just young. I mean, Sexton Sexton is a better defender because he was a better defender coming out of college. Um, but I, but I, 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 think, I really do think both of them on, uh, in the lineup together doesn't work because no, no, they're, they're too the same they're player. too small to defend right. the one and the two. Right, they just are. They're too small to defend the one and the two. We don't right. do well against the one and the two because they're both not great defenders. And um, even with sex and speed, like I said, off the pick and roll, he he gets lost. Yeah, yeah, and uh, even even um, Sexton had a an outstanding shooting year um, from from the three point line, but 
that being said, I don't know. I don't know if he can keep that up. Again, I, I, he's not a pure shooter. So, so speaking of the creativity that the front office is going to have, have to have right going into this. So once again, we've been talking here, and once again, you know, we realized that you know Ben Simmons, obviously, as you all know, is hurt. He's in. The, he was at the bubble. He was in the bubble. Uh, Philadelphia in the playoffs. Um, probably going to get ousted by the Celtics in the first round. Uh, yeah, ben Simmons so. is hurt. Um, there, there was some, you know, I know he has a, he has a pretty big contract. He's not, uh, uh, he, obviously he won't shoot a ball from the outside <laughs> and yet, and yet he can still average 12, 15 points a game because he can get that many layups and dunks right. and, and he plays good defense. So the one thing I love about the possibility of a trade with Philadelphia for Cleveland is, and I don't know what we have to give up, uh, to, to get a Ben Simmons to take that contract off their books and give them some quality players is Philadelphia is it, it really looking at adding scoring uh, depth, right? They have a really good big man. They know they can score in the post. They have some other shooters who can go. Ben Simmons kind of works with them. So I don't know if they'd be willing to give him up, but I know he'd be a perfect fit for the Cavaliers, especially with Love and Drummond on the court. Um, oh, yeah. And, and if we, and if you could somehow keep Porter, uh, you know, in that trade, if you could somehow keep Porter with us, I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who could set those three guys. Those are three guys on the court that if you get them the ball in the right position and in the right circumstance, um, put them in pick-and-roll situations um, with a guy who can really pass and create plays, we could be a really good offense. And, uh, you know, Simmons is the kind of player who could, who could give us that. Plus, Simmons is a very good defender. Mm. Um, His size and speed. It's, yeah, he, he, it's he, hard he, to find at the point guard position. He picks up steals. Um, you know, he can guard multiple positions. Mm. Uh, you know, so we could have a smaller player on the court with him and he could defend the forward and let the other guy defend the point. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of things you could do with a versatile guy. That is probably why Philadelphia won't give him up and they did pay him. Um, but well, if they feel like they have to make a move to get deeper into the playoffs, they right. could make a move with Simmons and we could offer them some pieces that could help. Right. And I think I think a guy like Joel Embiid, um, when it comes to uh, Ben Simmons' trade, I think that would open up the door for Philadelphia to be able to run the offense through him, which is really what they should be doing in the first place. Sure. I mean, he's, he's your guy. That's, right. that's, your, that's, that's the guy that you're going to – the ball is going to be in his hands. I mean, um, so that being said, if that let's face it, if that trade doesn't happen, right? If we can't make a creative trade like that for a guy like a Ben Simmons to to come in and really put us back on the map and get us in the playoffs and, and get our guys, we truly do need a point guard. And in this draft, um, really the only point guard, true point guard with defensive skills, is Howard from Ohio State, six five. Um, which would probably mean for us, uh, depending on the buzz going into Thursday, uh, that we could actually trade our pick. Um, if there was a possibility to Ben Simmons trade, I say you take Anthony Edwards. <laughs> I mean, I know all the talks about Obi Toppin and uh, and Wiseman. Um, Wiseman, evidently, I mean, Wiseman is definitely a, an opportunity. Uh, I think he could be a special player. Uh, uh, and Drummond's, Drummond's only got one year left on this contract. So we, we could take Wiseman and secure that uh, for the future and build around a Wiseman. Um, but again, you're adding another player to your roster that you need 
to get him the ball in positions he's comfortable uh, in order for him to be successful. And we don't have that guy on our roster who can do that. We literally do not have a point guard on our roster that can set up an offense and make a play for somebody else. We just don't have it. Um, so unless you're planning on uh, using Kevin Love, who is probably the best passer on your team as your point guard, which I don't think his ball handling skills are going to lead to that. I think you have to consider uh, how Burton in that draft. I mean, I think you have to consider dropping down, uh, trading that pick, um, getting Hal Burton if you want help now. Um, we do have Exum um, on our roster. I felt like, you know, with his injuries and stuff, maybe he could come back and be that guy. Um, but again, he really hasn't had those opportunities as our regular everyday point guard to just, you know, he's got that length and he, and he's not the, probably not the defender that Halliburton is. Right. So just, just real quick for clarification, um, Halliburton is out of Iowa state. Iowa state. Iowa state. Iowa state. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, other than that, you look, you go down this draft, it's not exactly deep. Um, but there is some special players in there, you know, I yeah, think I Edwards think, and Toppin and Wiseman and, I think uh, so. you know, there's some there's some pretty good skill in there. I mean, I think they could be special special players, all of them. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't know how they would fit into what Cleveland's building and what we have signed for right. multiple years now. You know, right. unless you're trading Kevin Love, why would you draft Obi Toppin? And right now, I don't know that the market is there for Kevin Love with his with his salary no, requirements. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think the market's there for and trade. It, and even if it was, he's. Going, not that Kevin is a special player. Going into his, what, 13th year next yeah, year? Yeah, again, um, exactly. Not that Kevin is a special player. doesn't no, deserve to he, make that money. He fits. But he he fits with what we're trying to do right now. Yeah. yeah. So there's no point in moving somebody that fits, especially a presence in the locker room like that. And like I said, I think I think that I think that Love and Drummond really found a way to share the court at the end of the season there, and I think they're on to something. I think it's going to do nothing but get better. But, again, it's all going to rely around – who can get them the ball in the right spot to make things happen for the right. Cleveland Cavaliers offensively? Right. And obviously, um, we are guaranteed either you know pick one through six. So, yep. so we need to move. And like I said, I, I think we have too many guards that are uh, score first guys, and I don't mind that. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a good thing to have well, as long as you're built for that. Right. And I think the, the fact that the other players that we have that are really our best players on the court. I think we need to find someone to set them up. We need to find someone to run them, get them in the right spots, make sure they're getting the ball where they're comfortable. Uh, a, a good defender and on the, on the perimeter. Uh, we really need Jetty. Let's face it. Jetty may not be the best small forward in the NBA. Okay, yeah. especially offensively, but Jetty gets playing time because he he's, he can match up defensively with multiple positions. So right. that's why he's on the court itself. Exactly. But but again, I love Jetty, but he's a, he's a role player should be coming off the bench, not starting for your team. Uh, he should be coming to be a defensive stopper, get a few buckets, get you guys some rest, uh, those kind of things. Yeah, he's an energy. But, kind of guy but for the cavaliers he has to be on the court because we don't have anyone else who can defend exactly uh you know like i said we got we got kids like porter garland sexton who are score first going to be score first kind of guy are athletes serious athletes they they could learn to be defenders and i think i think a big thing um john beeline obviously was brought in to teach defense 
I mean, that's that's what he's done his entire career is is built defensive teams. Yeah, I just don't think and system, it did not work out. Yeah, I just don't know? think system wise that was going to be. And I, again, I think that showed um, getting back to a different kind of system offensively helped Kevin Love and Drummond. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, on the offensive end near the end of the season there, and helped them be more. Uh, the focal points mm-hmm. uh, offensively, those veteran, their veteran leadership on the floor. Absolutely. Uh, so we need to, yeah, we need to continue to look at, uh, I think, possible creative ways to make the Cavs better immediately, uh, if that's the goal. Um, if not, like I said, maybe dropping down and getting a point guard who could be your long-term solution to playmaking. Potentially, uh, I think that, defense. that that first pick, that that uh, first-round pick for the Cavs, could potentially come into play for a guy like Ben Simmons. If that's something that you know, Absolutely. they're looking into, which obviously there hasn't been any speculation, but um, it is We're starting the rumor here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we can start that here. We'll float that around, see if everybody can get on board with that. Somebody needs to put us in contact with a few different front offices, mainly uh, Cleveland Indians, Browns, and or Cavs. Um, maybe we can speaking of them in decision making. Speaking of the Cleveland's Cleveland's all sports fight to try to be good, what do you think about this UFC fight over the weekend? Uh mixed emotions. Um, Stipe obviously probably considered the best heavyweight of we all. Love Stipe, Cleveland guy. Yeah, definitely love great Stipe. guy, great, great champion, uh, first responder. You know. Yeah. Out there doing his thing. Great champion. Great champion for great UFC. Champion, good guy. Uh, I was disappointed kind in of the a fight, though. Fight, yeah, yeah got to be honest. Disappointed yeah, in the fight. Um, I don't know uh, if it was a good representation of a great heavyweight championship fight in the UFC. No. Um, I think listening to Joe Rogan talk about how great a battle it was kind of made me sick. Um, just because, I mean, I know he's buddies with DC. Uh, you know, so they they announce together and they hang out together a lot. Right. So I, I'm sure he's buddies. But to be honest with you, Rogan talking about that being one of the great heavyweight fights of all time is just no, no. That's just yeah, him. That's there, just him promoting UFC. A lot of hype surrounding, uh, obviously Cormier's last fight and Stipe being in the best shape, best shape of his life, quote unquote. Which I think he was. He looked yeah, great. Yeah, he did. He, he looked, looked great. But he looked great. Um, the fight itself, I think strategically, the fight itself was really sloppy. And yeah, I don't think I don't think either fighter did enough to make it a great fight. No. Um, Stipe think, had opportunities. You know, that front leg of DC, uh, he chopped it down last time in the career. beginning of the fight. And he didn't do it again this fight. Didn't take right. him down to, you know, didn't yeah. chop that leg didn't down, take his power away. As much. Yeah. As he didn't, did in in, in the, the the last fight when he knocked out Cormier. Went a few times. I think he Steve took too many shots. Uh at the DC. He looked, uh, looked kind of slow. Yeah, for as much hype as DC got, it really he didn't do anything to no. win that being, fight either. Being regarded as one of the greatest wrestlers in the history of yeah, mixed allowed, martial allowed arts. Yeah, allowed Steve to keep him on the on the fence yeah, for he, part he of the fight. Look strong. Um they didn't go to the ground. And then at the end for DC to to walk off kind of disgusted that he didn't win that fight. I mean, I, I, I know I'm sure he's gone back and looked at the film and realized he lost that fight. Yeah. Uh, but he clearly lost that fight. Yeah. Um, and I think that although was it wasn't of, a good fight by either fighter. Right, no, I think that was part of the statement that he put out afterwards because he went back and looked at the fight when, when he retired officially. <laughs> um, but, but uh, uh, speaking of UFC, actually kind of 
segueing into been keeping an eye on John Jones. Um, seems to be that he has been in contact with UFC and they are going to work with him to see if they can get him a, a heavyweight fight. And I will tell you this, I think, uh, you know, as far as strategic fighters go, I think Jones will have a better strategic plan. Oh yeah. Yeah. For, for our boy from Cleveland. I think so. Um, so I think, uh, you know, our hometown boy is going to have to uh, really have a better strategic plan going into this fight against Jones. If, if, if he takes it, I if think, he takes that fight. I think, uh, uh, main point of emphasis for him is he's going to have to put some weight back on for John Jones. I think, I think you, you can't beat Jones from a stamina standpoint. You just can't do it. He, he's been known to outlast his opponent. I mean, that's, that's been most of his career. And not only that, but he has the power to go along with it. Yeah. And really, I think, I think, you know, he has to, we, he just has to do a better job of strategically picking Jones apart. You know, one of those, he's a tough fighter to fight. Um, he makes adjustments during oh, yeah. the fight to what you're trying to do. Better than so if you ever. stick to one thing, like he, like we, like he did with DC, if he sticks to one fight plan the entire time and can't make adjustments on the fly, John, Jones will get him. And realistically, so we don't I think want that. a lot of that is on Stipe's corner. Agreed. Stipe, you know, they, Stipe needs they, to have a game plan and, and be flexible right. throughout and say, hey, here's what he's trying to do to you now. Let's, let's, let's adjust. I mean, feeding him after every round, you're feeding him, oh, yeah, that's great. Keep going. Keep going. That's, I mean, at some point you have to make an adjustment. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he did get the win nonetheless. Yep, still the champ. Uh, still the still champ. champ, Cleveland. Still the champ, and hopefully will be the champ for a little while longer. Uh, not sure how much longer he will be in the UFC, but for the time being, can't take that away from him. <laughs> and don't worry, folks. Joe, we're going to be back to overhype the next fight as well, so it'll be all right. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> he'll get paid to do that for many, many years to come. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's where we're at right now in Cleveland. Um, got anything else to add before we head on out of here? So no, just to wrap this up, uh, thank you for listening to our first uh, official podcast. Uh, we hope to be back with more in the future. And uh, we uh, we really want to say uh, yeah, thank you to the Rainbow Cupboard family, our sponsor. And, uh, uh, you know, moving forward. We want to bring a different light to Cleveland sports and bring up some topics possibly if you haven't heard of and a perspective you haven't heard of before. And uh, and obviously throw our hat in the ring when it comes to a few front office moves. That's right. <laughs> because really, you're not a Cleveland fan unless you know how to run a front office, right? You mean you mean the GM doesn't listen to me when I talk? Well, hopefully he will now. Now that, <laughs> now that we have a nice little podcast going. <laughs> All right. But it was very great being here with you guys today and talking to you. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. Cleveland, don't mess it up.